Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. I've been doing this podcast since September of 2012, and boy, are my lips tired. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Jody Lynn is off today. She'll be back next week, and we'll be looking forward to having her back joining us here on the show. But uh, we're not bereft of someone to talk to. We actually have somebody really cool to talk to today. Her name is Carrie Schmidt. And I got to tell you, this woman gets manifesting. Now, there's a very specific reason why I say that. Why I say that is when I went to look at her website, she has an about page like everybody does on the about page. And front and center, about halfway down the page, it says, Oprah Winfrey, my dream is to be interviewed by you, just like you interviewed Gabriel Bernstein, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Marianne Williamson, and many other transformational leaders. I want to be a part of that list. I will be on that list. I can, I will, I am. This or something even greater still. Now, there's somebody who gets manifest. And Carrie, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Walt. And I'm happy to be here. And I'm happy. I am so happy and grateful for this opportunity to reach, teach, and transform people's lives just through channels like this. So thank you for having me on your show. And one more thing. I can, I will, I am. I can be interviewed by Oprah Winfrey. I will be interviewed by Oprah Winfrey, and I am going to be interviewed by Oprah Winfrey. And particularly, I would love to do it in her, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, garden in Maui. You get really oh, excited about okay. this stuff. <laughs> there you go. Well, you're getting specific, right? You're creating the image in detail, and you're you getting have excited to, about it. That's right. you got to create it and be very specific. Clarity is mm-hmm. power, you guys. It reminds me of, um, uh, what's his name, Neville um Neville Goddard. Goddard. Yeah, couldn't remember his last name. How could I forget the name Goddard? Neville Goddard. When he talks about assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled, that's precisely what you're doing there. You're assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled. It's the law of resonance. Resonance is everything. And I think people understand the law of attraction and the secret. You know, they think, oh, I'm going to do a vision board. and uh, Which is great. It is. You have to. You have to vision. You have to determine in your own mind what it is you want. But then what they leave out is the law of resonance. You have to vibrate at the energy, the frequency of the dream being fulfilled. So if I want to be interviewed by Oprah Winfrey, then I need to start doing interviews like this one with Walt and all the other people so that one day, and I know one day, Somebody's going to see me and they're going to say, Oprah, this girl keeps saying that she's going to be interviewed <laughs> by you. You might want to check her out. Hi, Oprah. I'm Carrie Schmidt, and I'm so happy and grateful. That is fabulous. I love it. And it's the right attitude. Absolutely. In fact, uh, the, the other thing that's really important, and, and we don't talk about this a lot lately. We have in the past. I mean, after we, we've done like over 1700 episodes. So after a while, they kind of blur together. But when when you're doing this stuff, it's important to not just get into the space. It's also important to stay there. We, yeah. we have a tendency as human beings to kind of you know, contradict ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't realize it, of course, right? But we do. And, and, and we do it every time. Well, there's the direct way. Well, I'll never get on Oprah. That's the more direct way. And that's the obvious one. But the less obvious ones are like, oh, God, the kids just gave me a problem again. Or, oh, I can't believe what my boss just did. Or, you know, my spouse just gave me a hard time. I have too much work. But all those stuff, all yeah. all those things that we just, and I do it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of this. I do this. Me too. No, but, so so that's the real challenge, right? 
I say all the time, I coach myself on a daily basis. I coach Mm -hmm. myself more than I coach my clients because I have to be in that space to help other people get to that place, right? But it's not always easy. I was just at the gym with my son and my mom before this episode, and I was listening to a podcast, and this lady was talking about the humanness. Okay. So we, the humanness is, in my opinion, it's the egoic lens. It's the, um, worry, fear, doubt, all of those things, self doubt, right? So we self doubt ourselves all the time. Yes. And that's our humanness. Everybody goes through these feelings, but she said, you have two hands. One hand is your humanness and your other hand is your divinity. And the power of prayer is when you put the two hands together and you, you use prayer or meditation or whatever it is that you brings you into that space where you can find clarity and you can kind of quiet the outside world. And what I say is connect to your power because your power is in here. And when you do that, your vibration rises. That's how, that's how you raise it up. That's right. Raise the roof. Whoop, whoop. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Now, of course, just because we do something like that doesn't mean that the daily challenges stop, right? They continue. So this is, this is something we have to be, you you describe yourself as somebody who coaches herself every day. I think Mm -hmm. what you're referring to is you have to kind of do check-ins. You have to check on yourself and see how you're doing and give yourself a little pep talk where needed and, you know, change the scenery if needed or, you know, take a walk or do whatever it takes to shift whatever's going on at that particular time. You know, I'm I'm full of truth because my book is about uncover the truth behind the screen and connect to your power, passion, and purpose. So I'll be honest, this morning I cried on my son's shoulder oh. <laughs> crying because I said, oh, sometimes it just feels like I give and give and give. Mm. And, you know, and then my best friend came over at lunch to even cheer me up. We need people to be there to help us because the humanness will get to you. I don't care who you are. It does get to you. So, you know, I said, I feel like I give, give and give and give. And I'm an empath, too. So energetically, mm-hmm. then I'm empty. So this morning I felt empty and I was like, I just, I I feel like I just want to give up. I want to run away. You know, it's hard, but we all go through those things. And that's why I share the truth behind the screen. Cause I think that we all need to talk about the things that make us vulnerable, the things that make us sad or depressed or anxious so that we can realize guys, we're all connected. I mean, we're all the same energetically, um, speaking, we are energetic beings or spiritual beings having a human experience. So we have, and and that's, I think what seeking light and love and transformation is realizing how to navigate the duality of the universe, the positive and the negative, the yin and the yang, the flow of life. It's a flow. And so when you get down on yourself, you doubt yourself, you know, you worry about the future or you're stuck in the past, what you can do is breathe into this present moment. Take a deep breath and breathe in and become an observer of yourself. Become an observer of your way of thinking and feeling without engaging. 
And, and when you do that, you gain power over the present moment because you can define how it is you want to act instead of just react to the circumstances and conditions of life. And I love how you alluded directly, actually, you said said it specifically, you you talked about how we all are human. We all have these human experiences. We all deal with them. Um, I I had one just yesterday. Um, My my wife is retired. I'm not quite there yet. I run, she she started a gardening service and maintenance business many years ago, and I'm still running it for her and and, uh, we got a whole crew doing the work, which is a good thing because you don't want me in your garden, but that's another story. Uh, but the point is it was kind of getting hectic and, and there's been a lot going on. Uh, the inflation has you know, affected mm-hmm. the amount of business. Um, we've, we've got two people down with COVID. I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's one thing after another. Yep. And yesterday it all just, it, it, it kind of overwhelmed me. And mm-hmm. my wife was outside sitting outside on the lawn, enjoying herself. And so I, I just went out there and I, I sat down on the lawn at her feet and I said, can, can we just throw everything in the trash and go to Hawaii? I, I, I just can't take this. <laughs> but my point is she was there to talk to. And, and right. that is, that's key. Having somebody to reach out to. That's why social connection is so important. Having yeah. somebody to talk to, to help you through moments like that. That's one of, that's one of my go-tos for how do I climb out long enough to I, I can get to the point where I can do that meditation, where I can right. you know, start raising the vibration. Because sometimes you just have to address that thing whatever that thing is before you can move past it. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to cry. I mean, yeah. it's energy. Everything is energy. So Did when you see you Jeffrey's stress, comment, by the way, Je- Jeffrey in the live stream, he said, elders crying on the shoulders of young is beautiful. A reciprocity of energy as he cried on yours as a child. Oh, that's Isn't that nice. Beautiful. Thank you. I, I even said, I shouldn't be crying to you. <laughs> I'm not being a good parent. And he just, he's so perfect. My son's 15, by the way, and I've raised him on my own since he was born. So we have this like unbreakable connection. It's incredible. Nice. And he even said, mom, God put me here to be there for you. <laughs> Ooh, wow. I love you, Kason. Oof. That's a great son right there. That is. Yeah. He's, and I talk about, you know, I talk about him in the book. I say that God planted the seed in me and it was, it was my son. And so he, I think he's heard me say that a few times. So that's why he might say, you know, I'm good though. That that means he's picking up the good stuff. Jeffrey also has a question for you to address. Yes. how How about power with the present moment? Dominance can be problematic. You know what our gift in life is, Jeffrey? The present moment, right here, right now, because the past is gone, yet we live in the past 90% of the time in our own mind, and the future isn't here yet. So the power is right now, and that is where you can bring your attention and your awareness back to the power and the gift of this life. The fact that we're breathing is a gift. Um, I write in the book about a wake-up call, and my wake-up call in life was um, the death of my father. He passed away when he was 60. He had pneumonia, and it was very quick. And, you know, f- the moment that I walked out of the hospital after he was gone, my life changed, mm-hmm. and my awareness, my lens of life shifted because it's not promised to any of us yet we 
stay in this place worrying about the future, mm -hmm. stressing, and we're anxious, myself included, okay? So again, that's the humanness. But I think the key is to pause and breathe. Breathe into this present moment and remember that this is all we have right now. Time is just a series. Time is an illusion because it's a series of present moments. So the more you can be present, the more you can raise your level of consciousness and awareness to the gift that we have right now, right here. That's good stuff. I can even feel it. <laughs> I, I could feel you feeling it right there. Good. Like, like this wave that just happened right there. Yeah. See, Oprah, you want me on your show. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. That that looks good. What you just did. There. It's a great example because what you what you to make it clear to everybody, you established an attention. What was it? Uh, Ten minutes ago, right? Mm -hmm. uh, well, we actually you established it when you put that note up on the page, but that's another thing. But ten minutes ago, you reinforced it, and then you just came back to it, mm -hmm. and and that's part of the the, the trick, I think, of, of of manifesting what we really want. That that seems like the hard stuff, right? It's the hard, the easy stuff is easy, right? Mm -hmm. we, we don't we we don't say that that you know finding a parking space is hard it's easy right we, we can do that we can manifest the parking space in, in front of the store or whatever i call but... it princess parking princess parking uh -huh. <laughs> i even taught my friend to do it and she does it too now she's like yeah i get princess parking i'm like okay go ahead girl <laughs> <laughs> i love it that's fun well it, and it is fun to do that by the way it's really cool when i first discovered that i said oh this is great i'm enjoying this uh-huh but but we all, there's something about the big stuff. I mean, I think Abraham Hicks describes it as there's no difference between manifesting a castle and a button, but it's hard to convince the rest of us about that because we think there's a big difference between the castle and the button. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so any of that big stuff can be, because of that, problematic. That can be a challenge. Your mindset creates your reality. So right. if you think, just like Henry Ford said, if you think you can or if you think you can't, you're right. You're right. That is, you know, when I was a very highly successful corporate executive and I left um, a very nice six figure salary to do what I'm doing because it's my passion and I feel like it is my purpose. Um, because when I started to realize and learn quantum physics and neuroscience and psychology and just the power of your mind and the universal laws that I have vetted and validated, and it works. I mean, I've manifested houses, cars, my soulmate, you know, just pretty much every, my office I'm sitting in right now, I visioned it. I have books over the years that I would write goals. And then when I accomplish it, I check it off and I celebrate but it is all in your belief and it's all in your action, your willingness to take action, plus your intention. So the well, stuff the last really bit that you mentioned, The last bit that you mentioned, we should tie into that too. Uh, one of the criticisms that people sometimes levy is, well, it, all, the, all the visualization and imagination is great, but if you aren't taking action, you're not going to get anywhere. True. It is. It is true because you have to take action. You have to take baby steps every single day. Just like I said, I coach myself when I get down. I got to pull myself up out of the pit, right? I got to pull myself up out of the darkness and then take an action that's going to serve my vision or my dream. I'm a dream builder. I teach a dream builder program to my clients and I, and we go through 12 weeks of the program's 12 weeks because, um, it's training your mind. It's training your way of thinking and feeling. 
And that's everything. So the law of cause and effect says that your thoughts create your feelings. If I think a thought, that's an electrical impulse in my brain, which I call my supercomputer. Those are, yeah, I like that. That's nice. We haven't figured out how to tap into or harness 95% of our supercomputer's capacity <laughs> because we're distracted and we're walking around life on autopilot through our humanness. Mm-hmm. So your thoughts create your feelings. Your feelings will create your actions and or reactions. And those actions or reactions turn into your results. So if you want to change your results in life, you got to go back and look at your way of thinking, which then stems to the feelings, actions, reactions, right? So it's just, it's a law of cause and effect. And the action piece can actually be a, a bit of a challenge simply because it's hard for us to talk about it because there's so many different possibilities. I mean, for every person, it's going to be a different action step. It's going to depend on what they're interested in, what they're trying to accomplish, where, where are they hoping to go? What are they helping to bring into their lives? And and because of that, every single action step is going to be different. So we, we kind of are limited in our conversations. We have to talk in very general terms. But let, to the extent that we can, let, let's try to address that. How, how do we, because I think very often we get confused about what is the next step. That confused me for the longest time. It took me okay. a long time to figure that one out. Doing a lot of podcasts with a lot of good people to help coach me along on it. And, right. and I finally got it. But I, early on, I, I really, I, I had no clarity on how I went about, how I could go about taking the right action steps. How did I know which were the right ones? Which one was the wrong one? What was going to lead me down the right path? What was going to lead me down the wrong path? Which was going to be the screw up? I had no idea. And that's where, you know, mentors, coaches, consultants come in. You know, I'm a business consultant and a life coach. So it's it's getting someone to help you rein your energy in and help you define that clarity and and make a strategic roadmap. So there's, you know, all I'll, I'll put it to a company perspective. Okay. You have an organization. The first question I would ask is what's your vision, what's your mission and what's your core values. We establish those in what's called a strategic planning session. Same thing for your life. What's your vision, what's your mission and what's your core values. And are you living according to that on a daily basis? Well, your actions or reactions will define that and it's based on your results. So sometimes we need an outside perspective or a professional who has been trained to help us rein in the the 60,000 thoughts that we think on a daily basis because 80% of them are negative and 95% are from the past. So in essence, we literally recreate our realities every single day in our own mind. And that's the screen, okay? Because I keep saying I wrote this book, and I want you to see the book. Yeah, we should go called, into what we should go into that title a bit because I think there's some important meaning behind. Well, it's the very screen. important because it's behind the screen, and the screen is your lens of life. It's mm-hmm. how you view yourself. It's how you view someone else. It's how you think someone else views you, and how you react to that. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a matrix. We're in a matrix of perceptions and reflections. And it's the veil of reality between your conscious and subconscious mind. So all of that is a screen. And sometimes our screens are foggy. Sometimes they're dirty. Sometimes we need to get behind and clean it up a little bit so that we can see clearly. And when we think all of these thoughts and we get lost in our own overactive mind or we get lost in the egoic lens or the egoic mindset, 
that shows us all the things that we should worry about or fear or doubt, right? Then, Which is very good at doing, by the way. It's, I mean, it has that down pat. What's that? The, the ego has that down pat, being able to, to show you all the things to be afraid of and, and right. to be worried about and be concerned about. It's, very, it, it's trained beautifully. Wow, we're just getting a thunderstorm here. Let's Ooh. pray. We're good with internet. Yeah, so you have your egoic lens, but then you also have a spiritual lens, mm. right? And so we have to differentiate and discern between the two in the present moment and decide for ourselves, which one am I going to choose to see through, feel through, and take action through. And that's, you that's get, life. Do you ever get confused about which is which? Hell yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry. I keep Let's forgetting and I can't. I, far, I far worse things have been said than that. Don't okay. worry about it. <laughs> um, I think that we get overwhelmed and distracted in our daily lives because of the social conditioning. Here's another thing. We've been conditioned since childhood to think, feel, believe certain things about ourselves and about the world. And I say life is a journey of learning, unlearning, and relearning. Because Mm. sometimes we have to unlearn the conditioning that is running our body, our life on autopilot. Mm-hmm. through our subconscious programming because your subconscious programming is what it was it's just a program that's running in the in the back of your mind right. until you can raise your awareness to this and there's a thing called the reticular activating system that you know it, it it's filters. actually pretty cool it's so cool like yeah. i'm telling you this stuff it just lights me up i love to yeah. research and now i want to teach it to other people because i didn't know this stuff before I was 30 years old, you know, I didn't, I didn't, no one taught me this in school. That's why it's my. Oh no. Yeah. This is never going to be on the curriculum in high school or college. Just, it's not going to be there. But that RAS is amazing. I mean, it's, it's actually vital to our lives mm-hmm. without it. We would probably be insane because there's just so much data coming in through our senses right. and it has to be filtered. If it isn't filtered. Well, actually, I have two of my co-hosts are on the autism spectrum and they both confirm that's kind of what it's like to have autism, that the filtering isn't as strong. And so you're you're being overwhelmed by the data that's coming in. Although there's an interesting thing about the RAS. I didn't know if you know, I don't know if you knew this. The RAS filters four out of five senses. It doesn't filter all five. It doesn't filter the hearing or the, what is it? The hearing? Smell. Smell. The sense of smell goes directly through. So that's why, for instance, aromatherapy is so effective. It just bypasses mm. everything, which is kind that, of I never knew that. That's so cool. Yeah, it's pretty weird, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, that RES is just an amazing thing, and the fact that it's programmable is, I, I think that because when I first heard about it, it was actually a little bit intimidating. Like, oh well, no wonder everything's going wrong. It's all going through the wrong filters. What do mm-hmm. I do about it? Mm-hmm. But when I found out you could you could program it, yeah, you can re- it. reprogram it. Yeah, shift, and that's that's where your attention goes, your energy flows. And again, like I said, energy is everything. It, it's it's the root of life. Um, so you can you can reprogram where you place your attention through your reticular activating system. Tell it what you want to filter in, yes. right? You know, because there's certain people that are stuck in this negative mindset. Um, maybe they watch the news every day. Sure. 
that'll do it. I don't watch the news, I don't watch the news. politics, a lot of entertainment. There's a whole bunch of stuff that'll just be right. locked into all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's where your attention's going. So you're going to see that more in your life because your reticular activating system is focused on that. Okay. I'm focused on the fearful news. All right. Well, then everything else throughout my day is going to come through that lens, that screen. Shift your perspective. Don't watch the news. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I don't. It's actually the best, right? It, isn't it the best decision in the world? Like mm-hmm. every once in a while, I don't know if you do this. Every once in a while, like every couple, three months, I'll just take a quick look at the Google News and I'll say, yep, haven't changed. And I'm done. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> same and, and story. <laughs> if there's something really important to know, you find out. Yeah. My friends yeah. will tell me and, and yeah. I'll find out. But otherwise, well, there, there was actually an exception to that before the internet. With the internet, I don't think this would ever happen. But before right. the internet, I was also at, at one particular uh, period of time, late 80s, early 90s, I did a, an anti-news thing. I just stayed off news. I didn't know about the fall of the Berlin Wall until a year later. <laughs> <laughs> I did eventually find out. Now, with the internet, social media, I would have found out a whole lot quicker. But yeah, that yep. actually did happen. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. Um, something else, too, with it, that came up as, as you were talking there. Um, when, when we're talking about the reprogramming, we're also tying it into the, the intentionality, how we set our intentions. We, you know, yeah. we were talking earlier about um, revisiting, building the scene, revisiting it over and over again. Well, that's RAS programming. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, there's it's other stuff too. It's vibrational um, development as well, but it's, it's a reprogramming activity for the RAS. So it has mm-hmm. a very practical daily um, application. It's not just, it's not just the airy fairy woo woo stuff. It, it's real. You know, it right. plays a real role in our lives. Yeah, and it connects to your vagus nerve. And our heart has over 40,000 sensory neurites, mm. which are like neurons. So literally, you have a brain in your heart, and you also have one in your gut. Yeah. Did you know yeah. that? There's neurons yeah. in your gut, too. So it's almost like we have this incredible, like our system is incredible, what it does. and It's almost it, like one great big brain, really. And, and it, it, yeah. it, it's all it's, it's brain and body and all in one thing. But right? it, it's quite a connection. Yeah. That's why, you know, understanding the chakra system and the energy meridians in your body and understanding how you can tap into these very powerful sources to live a better life, live a more healthy life, live a happier life. It, it's it's incredible. It's almost it can actually get confusing in terms of mm-hmm. well, where do I begin? Because we, we we get all this really cool data all these these interesting theories and, and modalities and so forth. And some of them are, are harder to validate in our own lives than others are, but but you get enough of them, you begin to realize, okay, there's a lot of stuff going on here. And then we can get into that overwhelming place. Like, where do I start? Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm, I've been in this rut for so long, I don't even know where to begin. Where do I begin? What, what, if you get somebody asking that, how do you answer them? You go within, go within because your intuition and your uh, brain that's here, here and here, <laughs> the, the whole brain, the whole sensory um, system, I believe that if you go within and listen to the still small voice, the tiny whisper, the intuition, your connection to infinite intelligence will give you an idea. It is our willingness to listen to that still small voice, that intuition, that idea, that hunch, that gut feeling, listen to it. 
And that's the step you take because it's different for everybody. It is. It's also, that was actually also a source of confusion for me for the longest time, knowing where my voice was, Mm -hmm. distinguishing between that voice, which is the connection to source and all that is versus Mm -hmm. the egoic connection. Cause they're so, they're, they're hard to tell apart until you you know how I do it. Now I ended up finding through, again, through the help of colleagues here on the show, I ended up finding my way to do it. I found that different people have different ways of being able to differentiate. How do you differentiate? Do you know, can can you identify how you end up telling the difference? Um, I, uh, I don't know if I ever really thought about it that way. It, you know, just, just quieting. We have to quiet Mm. all the external stuff and we have to go in mindfulness, meditation, um, walking exercise for me, exercise helps bring clarity and just calm to my body. Um, but like I'll go for a walk and listen to a podcast Mm -hmm. and an hour later, I'm a different person Mm. literally. Um, but I do believe you just have to quiet everything else. And it's so hard for people. Some people can't do it, but try, even if it's, if, okay, I can do two minutes a day and then build the muscle to three minutes or four minutes or five and build it up to just shut out all of the external noise, the surface level stuff and go in, go in and just be there. And just don't engage in your way of thinking or feeling. Just try to observe, be an observer of yourself. And when you can do that, you can connect to your higher self. Your ego is the self of the conditioning, right? What we've, what we've been conditioned, I believe, to see or believe in terms of illusions in our world, you know, feared out mm-hmm. worry or illusions of our own mind. Sure. The truth is right now in this present moment. And the truth is you have the power and you're equipped with everything. Mm. But when we're stuck in a program, when we're stuck in fear, worry, um, sadness, depression, anxiety, when we're stuck in those places, our body, our mind, body, and soul are out of alignment. Mm. And if you think about nature, everything in nature um, it's, it's, it's harmony. It's, it's, it's balanced, right? And even when nature is out of balance, that's when we have storms and different stuff mm-hmm. for me, cause I'm a very logical person understanding energy, vibration, and frequency, and that everything's energy and it's electromagnetic, you know, everything is electromagnetic and we're learning this now through quantum physics and quantum mechanics and just understanding that everything's vibrating to a subatomic particle perspective. The observer effect, you know, yeah. you, your consciousness, your attention, when you observe something in your mind, it's before your observance, it's a wave of probability. That's what, that's what's out here. It's waves of probability until I think a consciousness observes it, pays attention to it, gives it energy and it collapses that wave of probability into a particle of creation, which makes our physical reality. Everything else is just infinite. We're in an infinitely expanding universe. 
that's beautifully described. I love the that, I love the intricate detail. You kind of wove together this fabric. It's excellent and, and very see? accurate. I think I think you really got it. That looked beautiful. Thanks. You see, Oprah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Just slipping it in one more time. Harpo Studios. <laughs> <laughs> Maui, I, I, I can see myself sitting under the tree in the beautiful seat, like the seat I'm sitting on in, in uh, Oprah's garden is brown. And, you know, the air is just so clean and peaceful and her voice, I can hear her voice asking me questions. Mm. And it's just, it's so serene. And I'm there right now in my mind. I'm there in the energy right now. And that is how you attract. That's the law of attraction coupled with the law of resonance of the energy, the vibration, and the frequency. So we're going to get there, Walt. I know I it. it. I love it. That is <laughs> fabulous. I, I also wanted to share with you what, uh, what I finally was able to identify for myself. How do I differentiate between that spiritual source connection and the egoic connection. How could I tell the ideas apart? I finally realized, well, I realized two things because I, I got a lot of different advice from a lot of different people. I love different perspectives. They're wonderful. Right. Um, but I, I got two I, two really great ideas to think about. One is really, you both can be the same. They can both be giving you the same message. And, okay. and the message can actually come from both places. It can come from the ego and still be coming from source, okay. which, which actually created confusion for me until I heard the second part. The second part was, which one feels better? Which answer feels better? The answer mm. that feels better is the source answer. Mm. And that made it simple for me. Mm -hmm. Once I knew all I had to do was check to see if it felt good, if it resonated inside, yep. that's all I needed to know. And yes, that is the message from source. And that has proven to be very, very accurate. Love, love versus fear, a course in yes. miracles. You know, you, you can either have the, it, it's love or fear. Everything else is just an illusion. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're good at the illusions. We create them. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that I I still am, am creating my own model in my own mind of how this universe and, and us interact together. The role, because we are creators. I believe yeah. that we, all of us, as as elements of source, as strands of source, as, yep. uh, as Abraham refers to it, we are all part of that creator process. And so, therefore, mm -hmm. we are all creators. Yep. So we created this. We, yes. we created this mess that we're in. <laughs> we're yeah, creating this beautiful thing that we're leading to. We're, we're, we're creating all of it. And generations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But so the, the faulty programs are passed down unconsciously, generation mm -hmm. to generation. And these, you know, perspectives of racism or judgment oh, yeah. or borders or classification or whatever kind of ism whatever classification you want to assign to it mm -hmm. when you assign something to it you're limiting it yes and we're limitless yes. so when we can connect to that limitless infinite ever expanding omnipresent beautiful source of love that's god yes and that's anything us. anything else is an illusion or a figment of your imagination that through your attention gets created into this physical reality. That's why so many people are stuck searching for their purpose, um, not living out their passion 
because they're they I they're probably not aware of this. That's why I feel like I just want to be a voice to reach and teach more people what I wish I would have learned when I was younger and struggling oh God, as a teenager. I wish I had known this. I mean, I, I learned this stuff really for the first time in my mid fifties and mm -hmm. numerous times I've said to myself, God, I wish I knew this when I was 20. Yeah. I wish I had understood this stuff. Boy, it would have been an entirely different life if I had known this stuff. But so, on the, by the same token, I did learn it. I may not have learned it to my fifties, but I learned it. And, and I tried to remind myself what? that too. That's really important as well. Maybe we go through these seasons for a reason. You know, we know, we don't understand. I never even try to understand why certain things happen, but things happen to give us, um, that openness or willingness to mm. even see it from a different perspective. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's what all of life is. Life is basically giving us a series of experiences where we get to decide moment by moment how we're going to respond. That's really what our true power is, the power of response. Yeah. And yeah. it I, I took years to, to come to the conclusion that my response did not have to be programmed into whatever the situation was, whatever the action was that had happened or produced some result. You know, something sad happens, so I have to be sad. Something happy happens, so I have to be happy. Something terrible happens, so I have to be appalled. That was my mindset for years. When I finally actually learned that I could choose a different response, my first res my first reaction was, yeah, right. My second reaction was, oh, my God, <laughs> it's yeah. true. <laughs> it is true, but it's not easy because it's no. reprogramming your subconscious program. Yes. Because your subconscious program, and I, I teach this in the seven-step lifetime system of transformation. So I give seven steps of how to overcome your subconscious programming. Hold on. Let me back up. Seven steps. The step number one is to identify, tag it, your unconscious behavior patterns. We have unconscious behavior patterns. Those are the reactions that we snap, we get angry, we yell, we react, okay, to certain triggers. Those are emotional responses driven by something from our subconscious program, something that happened in the past, our body's defense mechanism to survive. It was ingrained in our brain and body to react in this certain way to a particular trigger. But what we don't realize later on in life is that we're unconsciously exhibiting these behavior patterns that are affecting our relationships. It's affecting, you know, the, your ability to have a loving relationship or your ability to be successful in your career. Whatever it is, it's because of your programming. So we got to get clear on where do I want to go and what's holding me back from getting there? And then you can overcome the what's holding you back from getting there and reprogram your mind so that you don't react that way. But it takes time. It, it, mm -hmm. it won't happen overnight. It's a system of training, retraining this amazing supercomputer that we have in our body. It truly now, is you know what, just because of this perspective and conversation, I used to always say the supercomputer was in our head, but now I see it as being, like our right. central nervous system. It is. Absolutely it is. Yeah. That, in fact, I honestly believe our central nervous system is the physical side of our connection to source. I think that's yeah. where it all kind of connects in. I can't prove that, but I think it's true. Um, yeah. Now, um, and that's your chakra system. Yeah. Yeah. Kundalini. We, 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 
we, we have a number of people who are listening live stream. Um, Jeffrey is actually doing a lot of posting and he has a question that he wants you to address. He says, can you speak to the phrase, guilt and shame is where the work is? Is worth what? Where the work is. Yeah, for sure. Guilt and shame are all egoic perspectives. And I would say they are energetic um, emotions. So guilt is a suppressed emotion that you're carrying with you. So whatever you feel guilty about or for whatever reason, that's kind of a suppressed emotion. Shame is as well. Those are lower states of um, energy. So you can measure energy on a, on a spectrum and you have, you know, high vibration and low vibration. Well, the low vibration is guilt, shame, envy, fear, all of those dense ways of feeling. And I believe that's, that's created from our egoic lens. It's reminding us of our shortcomings, of our issues. Um, But when you can come out of that perspective and raise your vibration to love, gratitude, instead of focusing on what you're guilty for or shameful for, focus on what you're grateful for. And just that focusing your intention on what you're grateful for in the present moment will help you raise your vibration. That's an interesting point. And, and actually, it ties into something we've talked about quite a bit. Um, I don't know. You, you're, I, I presume you're familiar with Abraham Hicks. Um, yes. Who, who cha- Esther Hicks, of course, channeling Abraham. Um, we actually have somebody who's been on the show a number of the times uh, whose name is David Strickle. He channels the stream of David, very, very similar kinds of messaging. Okay. And one of the things that the stream has told us about is they, they made this very controversial statement at one point, and we've been thinking about it and talking about it. He has a whole circle of people who are looking at it, and we've come to the conclusion that it's true. But the statement that they made is that appreciation is a higher vibration than love. And, and that kind of threw us for a bit. But over time, we've come to realize it's true. And they actually gave us some explanation later on, the explanation being humans have attached a lot of baggage to the word love, which is what makes it a lower vibration than appreciation, uh-huh. which is true. Um, I also have another perspective that I brought in. When I think about the word appreciation, I apply it to the real world with like, you know, real estate values. So a, re- a house, you buy a house that appreciates over time. Um, our valuation of that house has gone up and it can really be anything, you know, anything yeah. that, that appreciates in value is something that our value, what we, the value that we attach to it increases over time. So when I think about applying that concept to anything that I'm going to appreciate, the more that I give my attention to it, the more I raise the vibration on that thing. So I can see over time, I'm, you keep raising the vibration high enough, you're going to be higher than the vibration of love at some point. <laughs> that's a very interesting, that's a very interesting perspective, for sure. It, I, well, I'm still working on it, to be honest, but that, that's how far I've gotten so far. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I do think appreciation, is, uh, gratitude, appreciation, however you want to look at, I, I tend to think appreciation is a, a little bit higher vibration, but whichever, it, it's an amazing tool because what I do know is that any any time in my own life where I have applied it, particularly in situations where I'm not feeling good, I'm not happy about what's going on, something kind of gotten under my skin, if I can find something to appreciate about that X that I'm not right. liking. And it can take some time. It can take some distance. I Sometimes I have to like take a little mental journey, like five million miles out and look at it from that perspective. 
But if I do that, the whole thing not only changes in my mind, but it changes in my experience. Yeah. It shifts energetically. It shifts the energy. Yeah. And and that's what it is. You know, when you realize that everything's energy and you can actually shift it. Um, but it's it's not easy. And it takes practice and it takes consistent practice. I think we're it's- all you know, searching for that perfection, but there's never going to be perfection. It's, it's just the, the power of this moment in time is perfect. <laughs> that, well, that's something I've been leaving behind. I, I was very much a perfectionist for years and I've, I've been working diligently to leave it behind. I think I pretty much have left it behind. I, I'm no longer concerned about whether I'm doing something perfectly. I, I'm concerned about, am I doing it better than I was? Mm-hmm. But I know I aiming for perfection. It's actually gotten to the point now where it seems ludicrous. Mm-hmm. The idea of trying to be perfect is like, yeah, okay, well, have fun with that. I'm done with that. I, I've been there. I've done that. I got the T-shirt. I don't really want to go there anymore. It's not a fun place to be. I'm much more enjoying the place of imperfection. I think it's much more fun. I think yeah, it's more enjoying it. Where to get out of it? Open and vulnerable. Open. Yeah. Just be open. Uh, you know, perfection is to whose standard anyway. Yeah, right. Who, who, who decides? decides? I mean, is, is there a judge somewhere? Well, this is what's perfect. That's what's imperfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you watch TV, you'll find a whole bunch of them. Well, I suppose that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting part is how often other people say, well, no, that's not right. <laughs> this is honestly this. I've been on so many podcasts lately. This is my one of my most favorite ones. This conversation oh, with you all. Thank you. This is well, good stuff. We're we're we're. we're Meeting our goals. I mean, the goal that I set for every episode is what I put into the intro where I say it's your daily dose of happy. Mm-hmm. And the goal is for everybody, me, you, any co-hosts around the show, people listening in, if we're all feeling better by the end of the show, yeah. we have had a successful show. So when you're giving me that feedback right now, I'm saying, yes, okay. Another one in the can. I love it. Yeah, baby. This is good. And and even to all the listeners and whoever's going to listen to this later on, you know, just, just, just remember that the power breathing you is greater than any condition or circumstance that you can fathom. And, and the power is in this present moment. You have it. You hold it. Connect to it. Remember it resonate in the energy, the vibration of love, gratitude, appreciation, you know, just, just connect to your power in this present moment and try to spread good, positive energy in the world. Which is what you're doing. There's a few things I want to talk about with you about stuff you're doing. First of all, we, we talked briefly about the book behind the screen. We identify what the title is, but what, what was the impetus behind that? What made you decide you wanted to write that? Oh man. Um, I've, I've gone through, um, struggles of in my life that I felt I needed to share, um, Mm. because I think that millions of people struggle behind the screen with, um, the effects of divorce, family dynamics, relationship issues, um, drug and alcohol abuse, family abandonment, judgment, racism, criticism, all of those things. I talk about all the isms and the bullshit of it all. And you know how we get caught up in instant gratification and just the hype of 
everything, you know, it's, it's scrolling. There's so many notifications and distractions now. It's, it's almost overwhelming. It is. It's not almost, it is. It really is. is. Yeah. And so I kind of address all of that. I talk about our conditioning. Um, I don't know. To me, it, it, I just couldn't, I couldn't get away from this book. It took me four years to finally get it. Wow. That's diligent. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I launched it 43 days ago. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm already being hard on myself. Like, oh man, it's like, no, you gotta, you gotta continue. I gotta continue to hit the ground running. I gotta ask, you know, people to read it, mm-hmm. ask people to write a review, ask them to share it, ask for endorsements. Absolutely. It's like you have to, you gotta co-create your reality. And, and that's like we said, the action. It's the daily action because most people give up right before that breakthrough. And I promise, I promise myself, I will not give up. I will not give up until I'm sitting in Maui. (laughs) I'm sure you'll be. I have no doubt you're going to be sitting in Maui right across from Oprah. One of my good friends, Andrew Kapp, um, wrote a book called The Last Law of Attraction, book you'll ever need to read. And uh, he, he's very proud because I, I think he actually just recently hit the figure. He, he got his 100,000th sale. Awesome. So, but he, he makes a really important point. He makes this one over and over. Every time I ever have him on the show or I've interviewed him in other venues as well, he makes the same point over and over again. He shows up every day, just yeah. like you're doing. You show up every day. You respond to the emails. You respond to the, to, to the questions. You know, if somebody reaches out, you respond to that. Um, he, he actually went on this little, uh, thing one time about how he was frustrated with Amazon because it used to be on Amazon that if somebody left a comment on your product or your book, you could respond to it. And then he took that away. He said, no, don't take that away. Right. That's how I get back to somebody. Right. So that, that, that was, I agree. That was kind of a loss, but he still makes it a point every day. Do at least one thing, find one more way to reach out, make one more video, That's make fun. one more stop, you know, talk to one more person in the store, just mm-hmm. do one more thing every single day, at least. That's how he says he got to 100,000 customers. Yeah. And there's divine connections. And this is how the universe works. Because Mm -hmm. when you do speak up, right? My boyfriend and I were just at dinner this past weekend. And I asked the table of ladies next to us a question. Or I asked them to take a picture. And long story short, I said, I brought one book. And I felt in my soul that if I ran into one person, I would gift this book. It ended up being the girl's birthday who just turned 40 years old. I'm 40. So that I was like, wow, that's a great, you know, so I gifted her the book and I was talking about how I want to speak to our youth, like high schools and college students about what we're talking about. Mm. And she goes, we're all a table of educators. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's, it's that, it's, it's listening to the little gut feeling or the voice and yeah. saying, okay, I'm going to bring this book just in case. And then I'm going to spark up a conversation because you never know who's sitting next to you. That's and right. everywhere we go, I have a divine connection every single time. It's incredible. I, and I that's, a, that's, sorry, that's the universe. That's, that's it. That's God. It's, it's the higher power. It's, it's good. It really is. I, I have a former co-host named Joel Elston, who is a he's a life coach. He's a former therapist, and he wrote a, his own book, basically the story of his struggles in life when he was um, addicted, an addicted gambler, and uh, actually ended up stealing from his 
parents' family, from, from the parents' business, and getting arrested, going to prison. Before that, he was living on the streets in Las Vegas after having gambling ever, gambled everything away. He mm -hmm. ate out of a dumpster. He had like one horrible thing happen after another. But he ended up writing a book that, to basically tell the story and, and also give people hope and teach them how the law of attraction works and all this kind of stuff. And he tells the story about how one day he has this, the, the book is called The Bench because there's a bench in Florida that he goes to whenever he needs to get away and just kind of refocus himself yeah. right on the water. He loves it. Um, and it was a picture of it on the cover of his book. He says awesome. one day he went to, to visit his bench and he had a copy with him and he just had this inclination to leave a copy on the bench. And so he did. He says, I don't know, maybe somebody, maybe the right person will see it. Didn't really know what would happen. <laughs> Didn't hear anything about it for about three or four months. About three or four months later, he got a contact from somebody in Canada who had been there on the beach, had seen the book on the bench, had picked up the book, taken it home, read it on the plane ride back, and wrote to tell Joel that the story that Joel told was exactly the same as the story of the man who read the book. And that's that's it right there in, yeah. a, in a nutshell. Now I'm going to leave my book somewhere. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's why I wrote it was to reach other people that mm -hmm. might be struggling and, and know that you're not alone. And, it, and that's how I think um, the divine works is through other people, through these, you know, just little ways of connecting that you could never fathom beyond our human mind. And that's, that's exactly how it works. And it's incredible. Because we can't even see most of it most of the time. I mean, right. in order to see that you would have had to have like a camera faceted, fastened on that bench, following mm -hmm. everybody who came by until one guy came down, sat, picked it up. That's, that's the kind of, of omniscience you would have had to have just right. to get to that point. So I mean, there's just, thanks. there's just too much to, to, for us to even track. It's impossible. Thank God that the guy even reached back out to him to let him know that him leaving that book yeah. had an impact on him. And it was the message that he needed at that right time. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, that plays out a lot. Well, plus, there's also another side to the, the Joel Elson story. I, I love talking about Joel. He's a great guy. Um, one of the things that he did that it kind of happened by accident. And talk about you know how we don't really know all the stuff that's going on in the background. Um, he eventually overcame his gambling addiction. He ended up doing something that most people thought was impossible. He ended up successfully opening not one, but two different clinics specifically for gambling addicts. Mm -hmm. The reason they thought that was impossible is that gambling addicts don't have any money because they gambled it all away. So they can't <laughs> afford treatment. So right. everybody said, well, there's no way that you can't pay for something like that. Well, he managed to figure out a way to do it twice, not just once. Good for him. But, but what came after that was even more remarkable because he ended up, um, creating his own practice shortly after those two creations. And in his practice, he started getting contacts. Now he lives in Virginia. He started okay. getting contacts from the Richmond, Virginia area from social workers, people who work for the state and so forth, who had cases of young boys who were stuck in the foster care system. Mm -hmm. And they, these were the ones that they couldn't help. They couldn't figure oh, out a way to break through to these guys. Mm -hmm. And and so they started reaching out to Joel. They said, well, we've heard you could do something, even though your ideas are crazy. You know, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll give you a shot at it. You know, so take a shot at these guys. So he would sit down with these kids and he would just explain to them how the law of attraction works and explain right. that you know, their lives are in their hands and so forth and got these phenomenal transitions in their lives. But what was even more phenomenal, almost all the boys that he got, there were always boys. The boys that he got were the ones that were considered unadoptable. 
literally, I mean, they, they've been in the, the foster care system so long and they had so many personal issues. They were so asocial, antisocial. Yep. There, there was just so much going on there. They couldn't adopt them. And which is actually a very serious issue because I didn't know this until I talked to him, but it, it, to give you an idea of how serious it is, if a young person goes through the foster care system and reaches the age of 18 without being adopted, it's almost 100% they're going to either be dead or in prison. Yeah. Almost 100%. I, 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 I live in the Charlotte area and there's, um, there's places and I was trying to speak at one of, um, wow. places to try to reach these kids. And they actually ended up turning me down because they said that they might not respond to this information, um, mm. or the way that it's presented in the right way, which in my own opinion, that is a limitation. No, because it's just, yeah. all it takes is just one, you just never know, you know, you could change, like he's changing those kids' lives and giving them hope and inspiration when no one else is giving it to them because they think that you're unadoptable or uncoachable or whatever it is. Well, I say that that's not the case because th you there's so much, there's, we have infinite possibilities. So stop limiting and and uh, um, name tagging, you know, stereotyping. Mm. I don't think that's right. I, I agree with you. And, and the evidence bears it out, by the way, because over the years he has managed to find forever homes for 43 of those unadoptable boys. God bless. I want to meet this yeah. Joel. Sure, I, yeah. I'll put you in touch. To, yeah, that'd be awesome because I just love to connect with people that are trying and, you know, kind of make it their life's mission to help others. And just from a mindset perspective, help them see through a cleaner lens. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I love the fact that you are actually helping people to see through that cleaner lens. I love the fact that you identified the lens. You identified it as a lens. Mm -hmm. I think that's really terrific. Uh, and I, I yeah. want to thank you for the work that you're doing because you. I, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that interview with you on Oprah. But until that happens, you're still doing some amazing work. You're doing thank you. Work I'm going to send value. you a copy of the book and I would love to get your honest feedback from it. Oh, okay. Sure. I'd be happy yeah. to. Yeah. It's, it's just good stuff. That's terrific. I love that. Um, now, you. for somebody who wants to reach out to you, how do they find out? And, and we didn't really talk about um, your courses or your coaching programs or anything, but how do people find out more about what you do, what you offer? Yeah, you can go to my website, which is carrie-schmidt.com. And there's all of my social media links on there. You can look at ways to work with me through a life coaching perspective. I also do business coaching, team empowerment. Um, I've, I'm just all over the place. But you can also get the book on Amazon. So if you mm -hmm. just go behind the screen by Carrie Schmidt, it's available on Amazon. If you do get it, please leave me a review. Those reviews help me reach other um, people who need to read and need to hear the stories because um, they're real raw and uncut. <laughs> the best ones are. The best ones definitely are. Every it, single time. Yeah, and there's a there's a bonus journal in the back. It's called the Lifetimeline nice. Journal that uses my system of transformation. So you can take notes, you can go through the system, which I use my own personal stories to teach people mm -hmm. how they can overcome their subconscious programming. And so the journal, and then I also offer a supplemental coaching program to go deeper into the seven step system. And it's called Master Your Mindset and Heal Your Soul. And I just think so many people you know, 
um, struggle with, you know, self-love, self-confidence, the self-doubt, the overactive mind. And so it's kind of like, can you look in a mirror for yourself for three minutes and come back and just see all the goodness of yourself? Well, we can see the goodness of Carrie Schmidt, I can tell you that. So thank you for telling us about how to connect to our power, our passion, our purpose. We really thank appreciate you. that so much. And thank you for doing the work that you continue to do. We appreciate that as well. Same to you, Walt. This is incredible. I'm going to start watching your show more often because I, I, I love what you're doing. So thank you. Another one, another listener. I love this. This is great. <laughs> Thank you very much to our podcast listeners, too. Hey, without you guys, we wouldn't have a podcast, and you make it all so worthwhile. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.